Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs Podcast. I'm Cody Delmendo, joined by old pal, old friend. He's not really old, but he is a yeah, friend. I'm Ryan Herrera. Yeah. It's been a while. I've been out for a little bit. Been out. You finally. We sent you to Japan to get Yamamoto, and you <laughs> failed. Yeah, it's my bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, welcome back. We Ryan comes back. Uh, Luke stays. Uh, you know he's still celebrating Christmas. I think uh, he wanted to spend some extra family time this week. So is he? Might be drinking mojitos down in Mexico. He could be back in Mexico. Um, we can, you know. Or maybe maybe he's out in New York trying to convince Scott Boris to bring his market down on Cody Bellinger. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he, he's, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. He want to take a few extra days off. So don't blame him there. Welcome, everyone. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. I don't know how else to say it because yes, I know we don't go. all celebrate Christmas, there right? Holiday weekend's good. Holiday weekend, right? Happy holidays. Uh, hit that like. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Um... Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part of the holiday weekend, Ryan? So I was down in Texas. Um, my brother lives down there now, so me and my parents went down, hung out for a little bit, and that that's always fun. You know, get to see my nephew, a.k.a. my brother's dog, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. He's like less dog than a year old, and he's insane. So that's always interesting. Keeps, nice. keeps things lively, but, you know, nice to get out, um, see some family, and, and just hang out for a little bit. There but. you go. Well, you missed out on all the rain. It rained and it was 50 oh, yeah. degrees yesterday. <laughs> it, it was a weird Christmas because we, we flew back in yesterday. And so, like, the airports were pretty dead because no one was actually traveling on Christmas Day. It was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But, like, you land and it's, like, pouring rain. You have 45, mm-hmm. 50 degrees. And we're like, what the? Like, yeah. This isn't Christmas. And I drove down to God's country to see my mom and my brother. And uh, it, it rained the entire way there and the entire way back. It was awful. But... I did, get to, I did get to meet my niece for the first time. Five-month-old, literally the size of my arm. So that was probably my favorite part of the weekend. Um, anyway, hope you all had a great holiday weekend, like I said. And uh, thanks for joining us. So um, I, we're going to, you know, if you're looking at the headline, we're going to talk about uh, that in a minute related to Justin Steele being on MLB.com's like top 10 list of uh, breakout stars. Who could that be for 2024 for the Cubs? But I did want to mention before we get into that, that the Blue Jays, according to Mark Feinsend, I believe, uh, are signing Kevin Kiermeyer. So of course, because nothing else is going on, we have to sit here and consider what does that do for the Cody Bellinger market, Ryan? Because to me, 
it it's still playing out how I kind of felt like it was going to be going to January at some point Scott Boris is yeah. going to have to come down on whatever he's asking from whoever yeah um that's the thing I, I look at it and I, you know, I've seen well so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up real quick because you, you mentioned Mark Feinsam but also like all the national guys are talking about it and from everybody's favorite reporter Bob Nightingale every mm, did uh, the Blue Jays still have interest in free agent center fielder slash first base Cody Bellinger but the Cubs certainly have a greater need and desire to bring Bellinger back to Chicago I kind of agree with that and that you know the Blue Jays have a solid outfield Bellinger may be a, a major upgrade to that whatever but um I kind of looked at it and and I didn't I didn't see it as like, okay, this is the end of the Blue Jays' pursuit of Cody Bellinger. Like, okay. Kevin Kiermeyer, he's, he's a veteran. He's a veteran, solid player. You know, he's, he's great his, defensively. His, his best years are probably behind him, but he's still mm-hmm. a good player for, for, you know, whatever team would have picked him up, but obviously still going back to the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Cody Bellinger's youth, that's obviously something that any team would want, right? The, the youth, the ceiling. Um, the, the defensive versatility, I think he, he could play anywhere in the outfield. He can play first base. So like if Vlad DH is more or something like that in Toronto, like that would open, obviously open a first base spot for Cody Bellinger. Like, so there's, he's got the defensive versatility to the point where like re-signing Kevin Kiermaier doesn't mean Cody Bellinger doesn't have a spot mm-hmm. on the Blue Jays. Like there, there is a spot there. However, like, like so like I said, it, it does feel like a, bit of like okay well let's just get this deal done you know the Bellinger market could take some time there's no guarantee we get him let's get Kevin Kiermaier back in the fold good piece to have and then see what happens with Bellinger right I I don't look at it as the Blue Jays are out on Cody Bellinger however I do think as Bob Nightingale said in his tweet like there is now a greater need for the Cubs to re-sign Cody Bellinger given that the Blue Jays do have a solid outfield now mm-hmm Cody Bellinger remains on the market. We know, I mean, when we talked to John Morosi at the winter meeting, this was a few weeks ago now, and he even, like, said, after you, you know, what did he call you? He, he said, said I was very insightful. Very insightful. But we, <laughs> talk, we talked about how this could extend into January and even beyond, right? Like, yeah. the Cody Bellinger market with Scott Boris as his agent could keep, you know, it, it just could take a little bit to develop, you know, Scott Boris may not be coming down on what he wants to get for his client, which, you know, that, that's his job, right? Get the most money, best deal for your client. Mm-hmm. Um, so he may not be coming down. And, you know, Jed and, and Carter Hogg and the rest of the front office may not be willing to go up and meet them where they want to go. So it could be like a little bit of a stalemate. But mm-hmm. And then not just for the Cubs, for any team that wants to sign Cody Bellinger, this could extend even longer. So all that is to say, I don't see that this is the Blue Jays being out on Cody Bellinger I do see it as like okay the need is probably bigger for the Cubs now that the Blue Jays have a solid outfielder now back in the fold like they have mm-hmm. a guy they could be willing to go into the season with as one of their starting outfielders the need the Cubs need just feels a little bit greater whether it is in center field or first base or both mm-hmm. you know depending on how the season plays out the need does feel greater it just yeah it's it it feels like it's going to take a little bit more time for the movement on Bellinger's market to really get going. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But that, uh, that's also something that we thought going into yeah. the offseason it could take a while. And, like, mm-hmm. as frustrating as it is for fans, like, this is something that we, you could have predicted that, like, hey, it's not going to be done by Christmas time or New Year's. Like, it could be 
a little while longer after that. Right. Carter Hawkins in the chat. Cody wants to defer payments on Belly until 2095. And tomorrow, it'll be 2100, all right? Uh, for every passing day, we add five years. <laughs> uh, there was a comment from Gary that I that I agree with. Uh, doesn't happen Sarah. often. It doesn't happen often, but you know what? I'll give credit <laughs> where credit is due. He, Oh, yeah, he says Blue Jays won't overpay for Belly. Um, that's all this signing means. And I, and I that's how I generally feel about everyone. I, I don't – I think it's – Obviously not surprising that the Cubs aren't going to overpay for him. They haven't paid overpaid for anyone since who? Jason Hayward? I wouldn't even say that was the overpay at the time. Right? Maybe <laughs> well, he actually took less that? money to come to the Cubs. Yeah. I think the Cardinals offered Jason Hayward it was more money. The Cardinals and someone else, yeah. I think, were in there. And so that's, I'm like, I wouldn't even call that an overpay. I think right. that was like... In hindsight. In hindsight, it was, sure. But, but at the time, it wasn't. He was the top position player on the market in, in the 2015 winter or whatever, right? Uh, I don't think he overpaid for you, Darvish. You Dar- I mean, if they had kept you, Darvish, it would have got immense value uh, from him if they had kept him. Um, you know, I... I can't think of a maybe John Lackey just because he was so far, you know, past his prime or whatever. He was making like 15, 16 million a year and he never, I mean, he was a very solid innings eater, you know, but I think we were all pretty happy when he was done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing, I, I, back to what Gary said, Blue Jays aren't going to overpay for him. I don't think anyone is because no one's buying in on the one great year that Cody Bellinger had. And this isn't anything against Cody Bellinger. Everyone knows that I want Cody Bellinger back on this team. I've been tweeting it every freaking morning asking if he's signed yet, right? But it is a bit of an alarm whenever you see 10, 11, 12-year offers that it feels like Scott Boris is trying to get him when he had three bad-slash-injury-plague seasons and then had a really good season last year he was a four war player uh he performed when he absolutely needed to in order to get some sort of big payday and he you know whether it's somewhere between 150 and 200 million dollars that's a still pretty good payday considering you were he wasn't very good for three years and then had a great year last year but you just don't really know what you're going to get i think that's how organizations are looking at it so again i think it's it's playing out the way that i feel like we, we here at this podcast felt uh, mentioned when Corey was here last week. I mentioned we were t- and we were talking about Bellinger. We we did the grading podcast related to him, and we you know we, we were talking about reports that were coming out in October about how he was going to probably go into January because yes, I agree, it is at a stalemate right now because Boris is doing everything he can to get all these years on his contract and. I think it's going to come down to the the total, the money, the years are going to come down. And I think that at some, I think whoever offers him an opt out after maybe two or three years, I think that he might take that deal. And I, I I don't like a Carlos Correa type. Yeah. 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 And I still think it'll be, you know, four or not four, but five, six, seven years. I still think it'll be like, it won't be like Correa doing, you know, a two year with like an opt out after one. I think you'll still get, you know, a multi-year deal that, you know, that would keep him with the Cubs for extra amount of time, but he's 28 years old. If he take, if he gets an opt out after two years, you're going to be 30, Mm -hmm. 30 years old. And if he, balls out for the next two years wherever he is he could potentially make more money if he shows he's healthy and and that he's still hitting well right and he has the accolades he's won like there's a lot to like about him and that's why I want him back on the Cubs but 
I, I'm starting to, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I, I feel like I've pretty justified in my mm-hmm. thoughts back in October. So I agree. He's not like this Kiermaier thing isn't anything, but it is interesting to see. Now I will say this related to Kiermaier. It's nice that the Cubs, to me, I'm, I'm happy the Cubs haven't gone out and signed someone like that because I think that would be more telling about the Cubs and how them basically backing off on Belger in some aspects. Cause it's like, it's not like they don't have outfield guys. You know what I mean? Like they, they have PCA, they have Alexander Canario. I don't know how they feel about him playing center field, but he's played a center field a couple games last year in September. I don't think he's a center fielder long-term, but maybe, you know, I'm just saying like they have guys who could play out there. So I'm happy the Cubs haven't acted on something like that. Yeah. So to me, that is also telling that they're still here and they're still in on trying to get Cody Bellinger. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I, I, I have seen the like Carlos Correa type deal mm-hmm. thrown around there. And I remember saying it when Correa signed that deal with Minnesota, like what, you know, what if these LeBron James type deals opt out after single year, two years, whatever, Cause that's like LeBron started doing it, that in the NBA like I don't know eight years ago something like that like he was he was signing those deals, um, and you know like Correa signed that one with the Twins I, th- I think I actually think it was a three year deal opt out after the first year and the second year right yeah so like could Bellinger be that next I mean he kind of did that last year he had the um, the the pillow contract here but there was a mutual option at the end of it mm-hmm. between the him and the Cubs it was kind of it wasn't exactly the same thing but it was in a way it was similar in that there was that potential for um, for him to come back again this next year on the same contract, or in the same contract without, without hitting free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously he opted to not agree to the mutual option. Um, so there is a little bit of precedent with Cody Bellinger in that you know he, he has reestablished his value, but does he maybe not get the type of deal that he wants and then decides, hey, you know what, if I have another really good all-star level season – that could get me more money next year and I'll only be 29, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's potential for that. I don't know. Like, that, a deal like that may be even more likely for the Cubs because, like, a nine-year deal or something like that just doesn't feel like the type of deal the Cubs and, and the way this front office and, and just ownership or just the organization in general does not feel like the way that they want to operate right mm-hmm. now, especially with Cody Bellinger. Um, so a shorter-term deal like that, like the Correa-type deal, would make a little bit more sense for the Cubs. I think it's, that would make sense for any team. Honestly. Well, I mean, I mean, it would make more sense that he would sign, like the Cubs would sign him to that deal versus a very long-term big money deal. Yeah. Like just if I'm saying what's what feels more likely to happen if it's the Cubs signing him, I would lean towards like that Correa deal feels more likely if that's what's going to happen with the Cubs than a, a, sure. a crazy long-term deal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird how his market has just been pretty silent. Like, like, Despite all of the signings that have been made with, you know, with the thought of maybe other teams getting desperate too. Yeah. And then you just like, don't really, you don't really know. I don't think there's been any concrete, like, this is what Scott Boris wants, mm-hmm. or this is what the, that side, like there, there has been that, but I've seen the range of like potential Cody Bellinger contracts be insane. Like yeah. there's been all over the place going down to like a Carlos Correa type deal going all the way up to like a 10 year deal worth <laughs> however much money. Like it's yeah. it, the, the wide range of predictions or projections or, um, you know, whatever for, for what Cody Bellinger's contract might look like has been so 
it's been so wide and so it makes it hard to nail down what a deal with the Cubs or with anyone might actually look like at the end of this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Barb says it looks like you got a cute haircut. I did get a cute haircut. Thank you, Barb. <laughs> shout out to Barb. And shout Hope out to you my, had a good Christmas godmother. Shout out to my guy, Richard. Shay Legend this plane. That's my guy. Hooks it up. <laughs> there you go. Put Putting putting the, the good word out there. Putting the good word out, Richard. Credit my to you. My guy right there. Uh, it, we're, getting a a lot of, we're getting a lot of, in the chat, we're getting a lot of people with like, you know, like, I think Fernando said eight years, 250, and I was... And the, everyone kind of attacked him. Sorry, Fernando. Uh, I would not do that either. Uh, I, maybe three weeks ago, whenever I was uh, hurt by the Otani uh, stuff, I got a little irrational, but I've come down on that. Uh, Brady says seven for 180, no thanks. Or seven for 180 or no thanks. I tend to agree. And I think most fans are right. I think that's fair. Like seven for 180. And, and I would love if there was an opt-out in there after two or three years. Um, I would love for something like that. Gary says 150 to 190 is my guess he lands. I have seen 7 for 180 a lot. Yeah. I don't remember where I saw it first or who was putting it out there. That is something I've seen a lot. I mean, that's a that feels like a good safe deal for the Cubs to sign, right? It's not mm-hmm. – I think it's, what, $3 million more than what they signed Dan's before. Yeah. Um, and for total, guy who total can, value. For a guy who can play multiple defensive positions. For a guy that – Left-handed we, power bat. We saw last year, at least for – large portions of the season still has mm-hmm. that MVP level Cody Bellinger in him. He may not have it for or in him for an entire season. Like he may not get to total MVP level Cody Bellinger again. Yeah. But we saw that last year he does still have some of that in him. Mm-hmm. And he has the ability to carry the offense for a Months. while. Right. Months. Like like weeks. Yeah. Like weeks. Like yeah. there was he carried the offense in July and August. Yeah. Like there like mm-hmm. he can he can still do that. And so we've seen that. So for to only have mm-hmm. To make, to make it basically the same deal that they signed Dansby Swanson for, I think that's a deal the Cubs would be yeah. willing to give. I, I mean, even if there's a little bit more money in there, I, I think the one thing we know is that from this front office, it's not so much the dollar amount. It's the, the, the years. The years. Yeah. yeah, it's like if they have to pay a little bit more in the average annual value, just a little bit more per year, they are more willing to do that than to have to spread out more money long term like over over more years just because and this is something that you know like tom rickett has, has said and, and jed has said it's just like in general right like no not talking about any specific person or any specific contract but in general the back end of that contract may be a little bit more painful than the front end just because of how much money you may be paying the guy that that may not be playing to that level anymore mm. eight nine years down the road right so it's not I, for the for this front office, it's not so much the money that they would have to give total the total mm-hmm. money or even the average annual value. It is the the years like they're a little bit more averse to longer term deals in a number of years. Uh, and so, if it's a seven year deal, I think that's something that the Cubs would be a lot more interested in, especially or even if they have to pay up a little bit more than what they paid or what they're you know total guaranteed to Danzy Swans. I think that's. The year mark is at seven years is something that the Cubs definitely would be interested in. Yeah, no, I, 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 I tend to agree with that too. So, uh, Godfather uh, Michael Collado, hope you had a good Christmas. Let's see your chat. Um, he says, "Why is everyone trying to save Ricketts' money? I don't get it. I, <laughs> it's very on brand of you. I, I, like Ryan said, I think it's more about the years, and mm-hmm. and that's how I felt about Yamamoto too." Like what Yamamoto ended up signing for what 
what was it, 12 years? Wasn't it 12 years? Three, 12 years, yeah. Yeah, right. 12 years, 300 and some million dollars for a guy who's never played in Major League Baseball. I get it. 25 years old. He, gener- like everyone's saying, generational talent, you know, one of the best pitchers to come out of Japan since you Darvish, all those types, those those things. But to me, it was never the money. It was always the years. Like 12 years for a guy who has proved nothing here? Uh so, and that's how I, in general, look at the whole thing with Bellinger too. It's, it's not that I don't want him. It's not that I'm not willing to go however long, but you know, at some point you, you got to have a line when it comes to how, like how much you're going to invest into a guy, you know what I mean? Like, and, and with pitchers, especially, you know, it can be, it can be a roller coaster because you can, unless you're, you know, there's very few pitchers who have just been consistently great year after year after year. And that's what the Dodgers are banking on Yamamoto to do. And if they do, then, you know, all credit to him and, and to the Dodgers and all that. But 12 years is a long time, man. So, and it, it's kind of similar with Bellinger, just because we, we, like I said, we don't know what you're, what they're really going to get out of him beyond this up, upcoming season, these next couple of years, you know. I want to believe that he's going to continue what he did because, He's still young. He's still athletic. Mm-hmm. He can play multiple positions. He can do it all, right? Uh, and he showed that he carried the Cubs offense literally uh, for a handful of months. And he, even though he cooled off in September, he still hit. He still found ways to get on base. He still found ways to impact the game. You know what I mean? So he's obviously a guy that needs to be here, in my opinion. So anyway. We'll um, see. I, yeah. It's it's. it's I get the frustration that we're sitting here on the day after Christmas <laughs> and there's just nothing's happened. Especially when it, in terms of Cody Bellinger, like I get that, mm. but it's just that there's, I don't see Scott Boris coming down to what the Cubs want to give Bellinger. I don't see the Cubs wanting to pay up to what Scott Boris wants for Cody Bellinger. They're going to have to meet in the middle somewhere. I don't know where that middle is mm. and it might take, like I said, it might take a little bit while longer Yep. To see if they can even get to that middle, or if any other team can get to that middle, like I, I agree. Like bringing, I mean, you said at the beginning of the offseason, like the, your number one priority was bringing him, bringing back Bellinger. Now, obviously, the whole Shohei pursuit maybe changed things up a little bit, but now we're back to that. Should be like the Cubs' number one priority is bringing back Cody Bellinger, and if they have to wait it out, they have to wait it out. I get the frustration that it hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but. Any team out there could have already yeah. gone and overpaid for him. No and the has. fact that it hasn't, again, like I said, it may, only makes me feel even more confident that he's going to be a Cub. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Again, it just – it may. <laughs> I can't imagine what the Cubs convention will be like if Cody <laughs> Bellinger's still not signed by then. Um, right. Even if he is signed by then, it still might be a bunch of angry people. We'll see. <laughs> but um, we'll be. Hopefully we'll all be there to, to witness it, right? <laughs> we'll see. Um, well – we talked about Cody Bellinger longer than I expected, so we'll do these ads and then get into this uh, this next segment related to breakout stars for next season. Um, first, I'm going to tell you all about Circa. Circa is my favorite app. Um, it's become one of my favorite apps, right? Uh, and one of the reasons is the type money line splits, right? Games will strive to be minus 110 split on Circa Sports Menu, unlike other sports books, which may use minus 115 or minus 120. Circa keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. 
Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. We encourage, they encourage betters to download and explore other sports betting apps available to compare the lines uh, with each sports book, uh, which they deserve a lot of credit for because not a lot of books would, would do that, right? But you can see that they strive, again, to have those minus 110 splits on, on those large market bets more so than other books out there. And again, you can go and compare yourself. And then finally, one of my favorite things about them is their customer service is one of the best. Uh, there are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots, all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Result Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, my second favorite place in the world. <laughs> uh, download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to Eight three three two three four, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. I got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. That's daily sports fantasy sports. Sorry, mm-hmm. daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can get DeMar DeRozan and DJ Moore at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. I mean, that sounds like something that would be interested. DeMar, I mean, DeMar may not be the the, the most uh, inclined to shoot three-pointers, mm-hmm. but he might surprise you. And DJ Moore, we know. How, uh, how much Justin Fields loves DJ Moore. So that's something you can do over at Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who ex- exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an, ins- an injury insurance policy. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. It's got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Cody, you use Prize Picks. What's your favorite experience with Prize Picks? Well, I, I have experienced the injury insurance policy, all right? And this was like a few weeks back. But say you had LeBron James yesterday to go over, mm. you know, his to- point total or some sort. And at one point in that game, he was on the ground holding his knee like he was Derrick Rose 10 years ago. Sorry to hurt everyone's heart there. And then he got back up and everything yep. was fine. So he obviously, in classic LeBron form, decided to uh, over-exaggerate something. Um, but if he had really gotten hurt and you had had his point total in, in, in prize picks, in your prize picks uh, thing, uh, he, you wouldn't have lost your money, which is w- something, again, that I have experienced uh, on the negative side with you know sports betting apps and, and stuff like that. But with prize picks, you, you just get your money back. Yeah, you, you just get your money back. It. It's a beautiful thing. So I love that. Also, this past weekend, they had a special. was like Kevin Durant to just score a point. And you could just Ooh. put it in, like put it in your 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 lineup or whatever, and then add it with something else. Just adds extra juice. Like it was, they had all kinds of great promos. There you there. go. So, let me tell you, go to PrizePicks.com/slash/chgo. 
and use code CHGO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize picks. Go check them out. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, so this past weekend, obviously nothing with the Cubs happened, but I was really happy to see that MLB.com had our guy Justin Steele on a certain graphic, and it was for, like, the 2023 um, breakout stars. They're, like, the, the, the top, what was it, one, two, three, four, eight, nine? Yeah, the top nine unexpected breakout stars of 2023. They just did an entire lineup for just, like, each position, and they had Justin Steele for starting pitcher. They had Jordan Montgomery in there, too, so I guess they went with, with two starting pitchers, whatever. Hmm. Included um, – well, no, there's three here. They have Kyle Bradish as well. So I don't know how they did this, but uh, <laughs> there's three starting pitchers, a couple outfielders, a shortstop, second baseman, two second basemen, Bryson Stott, Luis Robert Jr., Jordan Montgomery, uh, Nolan Jones, J.P. Crawford, uh, Kyle Bradish, and then Hassan Kim. I think that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name for the Padres. Um, but anyway, I was, I was happy to see Justin Steele on that because he, he, he was a breakout star for the Cubs in 2023. Yeah. I think we all, like, I quote tweeted from our account saying we were not surprised. But that was just because he had such a great second half of 2022. And we were optimistic that he would continue that into 2023. Obviously, we didn't know if that yeah. was. So there's a little bit of sarcasm in that. But, um, yeah, so I was happy to see that they included Steele on this. So, with that said, who can be the next Justin Steele in 2024 for the Cubs in terms of breakout stars? A guy who maybe makes the all-star team that's never made it before, who, you know, takes a huge step, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think we look at it as, we like you mentioned, his, his second half of 2022, and this is like, what, mid-June on? It was after mm, the whole, the the whole John Lester thing. thing. And, yeah, yeah. that wasn't like – the uh, the thing that made Justin Steele a good pitcher, but it was around that time where we kind of saw his numbers just improve and improve and improve. Um, so, like, we, the way I looked at it was, like, we, you know, media, like, the, the, the media that covers the Cubs or Cubs fans or whoever, mm-hmm. like, knew that Justin Field was a really good, or Justin Steele was a really <laughs> good pitcher. Sorry, I, I still, still got Justin, JF1 out there. Still got Justin Fields on the brain. <laughs> knew that Justin Steele was a really good pitcher. Right. And then all of a sudden, he became a guy that nationally people knew he was a really good pitcher. And that's the way I look at it as a breakout star, right? Like he mm-hmm. was really good for a half a season, but then he became like Cy Young caliber contender pitcher. And whether he can replicate it remains to be seen. And that's something that like they've all talked about, like whatever you did last year doesn't matter anymore. You got to do it and do it and do it again. But that was like where we, whereas the year before we knew that Justin Steele was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Last year was when baseball world knew Justin Steele was yeah. pretty good. Made the All Star team. All, everyone knows. And if honestly, if he had if his last two starts of the year where it felt like he just kind of ran out of gas, if he if he had pitched like a you know like the All Star he was, not only would his ERA fin- probably finish under three um, for the season, but he mm. probably, hopefully, would have fin- like been a, a Cy Young finalist. It was very like. I wasn't. I wouldn't say that I was pissed that he wasn't a Cy Young finalist, but it was like, man, he was so good for so long. But those last couple starts at the very end of the year hurt him on you know the Cy Young uh, hope. But anyway, there's plenty of time to talk about Justin Steele. I wanted to use this as 
someone who who do we project for next year? I've seen some comments in the chat. Um, someone said Nico. Someone said Miguel Amaya. Someone said. Uh, I don't know, Sarah. Can you scroll up? Read so, yeah, so it's like who could have the Justin Steele type breakout in twenty twenty? Someone says Wicks. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. Uh, keep going. Uh, Canario. Carter Hawkins says uh, Canario. I see another Amaya. Uh, PCA Godfather. PCA Godfather says PCA. Yeah. So you want we? Me and Ryan came up with our own for each one. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? I'll take it. Um, and so the way I explained it, the way I looked at Justin Steele as the breakout guy. Was really was, was was pretty good the year before, but then became known nationally, all star mm-hmm. level type player. That's how I looked at it. The guy I picked is Nico Horner. I mean, you look at some of his stats right here; they're on the screen. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, you see him. If not, mm-hmm. I mean, he was nearly a five uh, wins above replacement player according to Fangraphs, with only a one hundred two WRC plus, so barely above average. I mean, in the solid slash line, 283 average, 346 on base, 383 slug, nine homers, 98 runs, 68 RBIs, and 43 stolen bases, which I believe was the most since Juan Pierre in 2006 for a Cub. Tony and, Campana, don't forget. I'm pretty sure I, he passed I, Tony I, Campana. I think he did pass Tony Campana, that's what I'm saying. He's got the most in 17 years for the Cubs. Maybe and, Juan Pierre was yeah. the other one. And then he won the second base uh, <laughs> National League Gold Glove Award um, yes. this past season, which... I think we honestly all, we didn't talk about enough because I think the council news pe- came yeah, it out. Yeah, did like happen right like the next day. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, never really actually gave Nico his flowers. <laughs> but <laughs> so he, I mean, we knew that he was a Gold Glove caliber second baseman. We were just a defender, right? Like yeah. he was a finalist. The guy. Yeah. He was a finalist a few years back. He was awesome at shortstop last year defensively. Probably, I mean, we kind of thought it was a little bit of a snub when he didn't become a finalist for that last year sure. at shortstop. But you know, we knew. When he moved back to second base, like he was going to be mm-hmm. a really good defensive guy there, and he proved it. Obviously, like he was a, a nearly five WAR player with just above league average stats in, in, in many different categories offensively. So we knew, and he proved how good he is defensively. I think there is offensive upside for him. He could still tap into. I think the power numbers are not exactly where you want it he only had a, a 100 isolated power which is just basically taking away singles and 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 just adding up second base like it's slugging percentage minus average so it's just kind of looking at how many extra base hits you get pretty much on like on average mm-hmm. uh, I, I still think there's more in their form I, you know he's he's 26 gonna be 27 like there's he's still not prime right like he, he's there's still more in there I think for him offensively He's already a gold glove second baseman. I look at, you know, he had a higher, you know, if we're looking at Windsor Pub replacement, he had, he was higher than Luis Arias, who was the uh, starting second baseman for the National League in the All-Star game. And Ozzie Albies, who was one of the other finalists for mm. that, who also was an All-Star at second base. He had, he had a higher F4 than both of them in about the same amount of games played. Now, he needs to prove it, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's got to show he's got a little bit more power in there, maybe just the on-base numbers, um, increase the walk rate a little bit. Like, there are different ways for him mm-hmm. to improve that he has to do it himself, right? Like, he, like, no one can do it for him. He's got to do it himself. I just think there's more in there for him, and I think he will tap into that. I'm not going to say he's going to be starting second baseman for the National League in the All-Star game next year, but I do think he could be in the running for that all-star mm-hmm. spot I, th- I think he could even be one of the reserves that gets in there if he's not obviously if he's not s- selected as a starter I think Nico Horner again comparing it to the steel what, what I look at it with steel is 
people in Chicago, Cubs fans, Cubs media, whoever it is, know how good and how important Nico Horner is to this team. I think next season is when people around baseball start to look at, this guy is really good. This guy is an all-star caliber player. He may not make the all-star team next year, but I think next year is when people around baseball start to look at Nico Horner as like, this guy could be an all-star. This guy is that level. Mm-hmm. I think next year is when we see that. And so for me, when I think of breaking out, I think of breaking out on a national level, and I think Nico has potential for that next year. That's fair. Again, on him to do it, but I think he's got potential for that. I would agree. Um, there was a comment from Brady. Uh, he was asking, Ryan, if Nico is your guy, he has to get 15 to 20 homers or hit over 300. What's more probable to you? I'll say for me, I think it's more probable that he hits over 300. Um, but I I agree that if he takes that step and really becomes one of those breakout stars that – He's got to. He's got to have more power. He's got to mm. slug more. I, honestly, I'm not even asking for more homers. I'm asking for more extra base hits. Yeah. He led the Cubs in hits last year, but a large majority of them were singles that he, you know, quote unquote, turned into doubles based off stealing bases. But to me, for him to be, to really become a, a star, a breakout star, a guy that you know hits the national level. He's got he's to hit more extra base hits. And yeah. To me, it, it doesn't have to be homers. To me, it, it can be doubles. It can be triples. I mean, the guy's fast, right? He just, he's got to turn some of those singles into doubles. Well, and that's when I mentioned his, his ISO, right? His isolated mm-hmm. power, that's low. Like 100 ISO is low. Mm-hmm. He need, obviously needs to improve that, and that comes with you know, just hitting more balls into the gaps, hitting, like reaching the wall, hitting it to right field and getting that extra base in there. Like, We've, we've seen the aggressiveness on the base paths. We've seen him turn singles that just bring the center, fiel- center fielder a little bit offline. We've seen him turn those into doubles. Like, that happens, but, you know, it's, it's – I'm, I'm with you. I think the power is just overall slugging-wise, right? Just, mm-hmm. just need to see more of that. And that's, you know, hopefully what he's been working on this, this offseason and, you know, working with Dustin Kelly and the rest of the hitting coaches on, on – Figuring out how to maximize that aspect of the game, I don't see. He's. I don't know if he's going to hit twenty plus homers, mm-hmm. but I don't think fifteen is. It's not unreasonable. He right. hit ten two years ago, and we thought he could hit a few more, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think fifteen is unreasonable for Nico if, if him and the hitting coach team can just kind of figure out the way to maximize his power output. I think that would make him mm-hmm. in just the, the the in just baseball's eyes, right? He would look like a even better player if he plays up to that power that wrc plus rises a little bit more like he has i think he has potential to improve all around offensively including in the power again it's just up to him to do it but i think that there's that potential in there and that's why when i look at who can be that breakout guy for the cubs i look at nico as like i think this guy can put himself on that level yeah gary says that jake slaughter will be the breakout star uh way to stay on brand gary well done, brother. Um, we got a super chat from Chris. Uh, just joined up. Good vibes today because I got a day off. Go Cubs and please, Jed, do something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't agree more. Um, okay. So thanks for the super chat, by the way, Chris. Uh, always appreciate you hanging out with us. So mine, I went with Say Suzuki and I saw Galvin in the chat. He said, Say Suzuki. He said, I'd like to see Say Suzuki also break out. Um, the reason I went with Say Suzuki is because he ended 2023 on a really hot stretch. Like he was, he, 
honestly, he was probably a better hitter than Cody Bellinger. Um, you know, those last two months of the year, maybe not so much August, but definitely in September, he was a big part of the office in September. Of course he's, he's to me, his biggest problem has been consistency and yeah, yeah he's had some injuries, right? Like in year one, he was hurt uh, in the middle of the year. Was it like his finger or something like that? Yeah, right? something like that, right? Sliding he only he played in 111 games in mm -hmm. 2022, right? Last year, he played 138, and the large port, a large portion of those games missed were in April. Yeah, the oblique. when he Because missed of the oblique, he missed training, all spring training. A few weeks into the right? season, yeah. He had a really good May, if you go back, and it's actually surprising considering he was coming off the oblique, and then he really struggled in June and July. But then in August and September, he really turned it up. I believe he led baseball in slugging percentage those last two months of the year. He His numbers increased in all facets last year compared to 2022 he was at 3.2 f4 compared to 2.1 in 2022 his strikeout rate went down just a couple percentage points from 24.7 to 22.3 his walk rate went up a little bit 10.1 percent compared to 9.4 uh the season four I, again they're not huge like difference but i will say you know 20 home runs compared to 14 in, in 2022 is different uh 74 rbis compared to 46 uh, he scored 75 runs compared to 54, which probably helped is more credit to the entire team than just him, obviously, right? Um, all I'm saying is, is that his numbers across the board increase compared to his first season. 126 weighted runs created plus compared to 116 in, in um, 2022 as well. I think he has the kind of makeup to, to be a, an all-star caliber player. Yeah. Like... You want me to get real bold? Like, if he breaks out the way that I dream, the way that I want, he's going to be in the MVP race next year. Mm. Like, that's what I really that's want. That's your bold and prediction, that's, huh? That could be my bold prediction for next year, to, for him to be a top seven MVP candidate oh, in the wow. National League. And, of course, there's a lot to, to fix on this team still, and I'm, you know, I know y'all are going to yell at me about this. Whatever. <laughs> but he, he hit so well those last two months. To me, it's all about consistency for him. Yeah. Staying on the field and being consistent, right? All of us or all of you in the chat love to hate David Ross. Well, one of the things that he definitely did well was when he sat, say, Suzuki, and it kind of gave him that reset. And then he came back and played really well those final two months yeah. of the year. The Cubs are really – no matter whether the Cubs – Add to this roster or not, they're going to need Say Suzuki to, I in in some form or fashion, they're going to need him to be more consistent next year. If they add to this roster, bring Bellinger back, make the team better, he can perhaps become that X factor that puts them over the top. If they don't add to this roster and they rely on prospects or whatever, and you know all the worst possibilities in my head that that go around in it. He he has he will have to be the best offensive hitter, like run producer at mm -hmm. least on this team, right? So, to me, he he's shown that he can be a really good two way player. I thought his defense improved in the outfield mm -hmm. last year too. Like he he was an improved player for the Cubs last year. A lot of people might not agree with that just because it felt like it was hot and cold because he had a good May, but then had a terrible June and July, but then was great in August and September, yeah. right? Again, just needs to be more consistent, but he has the, he has all the makeup to be an all-star caliber player for the Cubs next year. So. Yeah, no, he, like what I said with Bellinger, where he showed he could carry the offense for a few weeks at a time, like say I did the same thing for a, for a while there for the Cubs. Uh, you mentioned 
the quick reset. I think it was four games, something like that. Yeah. Where I think he had one plate appearance at the end of a game. He came back um, and he was hitting like eighth or ninth in the lineup. Yeah. That's how bad it got. And then from then on, for basically two months, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Like, mm-hmm. he has that in him. Like, that's one of the things that, when the Cubs first signed him, was one of the things that we heard about him. Right? Like, he has just offensively was one of the best players in Japan. Could, he may not be that same level in the major leagues, but he had potential to just be really, really good uh, offensively. I think I'm with you on that. It's just about consistency. Can he put it together for a full 162? It doesn't have to be as, you know, his his August and September as good as that the entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be obviously great for the Cubs if it was, right? But uh, I don't think you can expect that reasonably. But if he can put really good months together throughout the season, mm-hmm. you know, limit the limit the lows, right? Because he, he that's the other part is he's really had extended lows in this first two seasons um, with the Cubs and 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 Major League Baseball. It's all about consistency, like you said. He has to just be able to do it for a full 162. Just just limit the lows, man. Limit the lows. Try to get those highs going as long as possible. And have some of those stretches where you're one of the best hitters in baseball. Because if you if you want your dream of top seven MVP finish to be true, he's gonna need that. He's gonna be he may need to be the best offensive player on the Cubs. He may need to be Cody Bellinger level of what Cody Bellinger did this past season, even if the Cubs do resign Bellinger, because it's true. Yes, he improved defensively, but his calling card is going to be offense. And if he can put that consistency together that we just haven't seen in the first two years, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I am think as like top seven MVP level, but he could he he could be knocking in on that door for an All Star appearance, right? Yeah. If he could do that, because he 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 has shown he can be that good for a long stretch of time. Yeah. So we'll see. I, don't, I I don't I don't I don't disagree that he could be the breakout star for the Cubs in 2024 either. You don't lead baseball in slugging percentage for a couple months and it be some sort of fluke in my opinion. So and he's going to be 29 next year too. It's not like he's old. I know like you know he's 2 years in major league baseball now and you know he was you know 27 when he came over, but he he should be entering his prime in 2024 right so you know when you think about what the Cubs have on top of you know the prospects that are scheduled to debut next season again they still got to fix a lot on this roster and if they if they fix most of that like I still project to happen that only makes his value even better because that puts him in the middle of a lineup with some really good hitters mm-hmm. uh, on top of some of your prospects you got coming up that were all really high on. When we were talking about, or when we asked the chat, a lot of people put PCA in there. PCA is going to be in that lineup at some point next year. I don't know if he's going to start the year on the team, but he's going to be in that lineup at some point. You add him with, to a lineup with Horner, Hap, Saya, and and whoever yeah. else, like the, like when they add to this roster, it, it, it potentially only makes say a better because the better hit, the more better hitters you add in that lineup, the more the less pressure it is it is on him to not only perform but you know it, it, it opens up opportunities to get more fastballs right yeah so I, I, that's kind of the way I look at it because I I still believe they're they're going to fix this roster. Good players make teams better. I think we can that, that we can too. agree on that one right. Okay, so um, that's kind of how I feel about that. I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed everyone's uh, 
two cents on on that. So I did do a poll in YouTube and I asked everybody who um, their next breakout star for the Chicago Cubs would be in 2024. In between Steele, Horner, and Suzuki, Suzuki won with 67% of the votes out of 30 possible. votes so far. So far, it's certainly possible. I, he's he has shown he can be. Again, he has shown he can be that guy that carries the offense for mm-hmm. a few weeks at a time. Like he, he showed that last year at the end of the season. But it, it's just about putting it together for full one sixty two. I think he can. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's unreasonable to think he could be one of the best uh, or an all star next season. Um, I, I don't think that's unreasonable to think that. It's just uh, he has to put it together himself. I voted Steele. I'm just saying he that's what broke I out. voted. He already broke out, sir. <laughs> I I'm know, already, I'm kind of confused on why Steele is in, is in the poll. He already broke But it's I okay. I don't know. But you're saying he'll break out again. <laughs> yeah. You're, saying, just, do it you're again. saying he's going to go even higher. He's going to he, actually he, win the song. Oh, yeah. He's going to win it all. <laughs> then I'd be I'd be a Nico fan then. There just, you go. Okay. Yeah. I know. We'll see. I think, I mean, I think there's definitely, uh, we were reading some of the comments earlier, like Miguel Amaya, former number one prospect for the Cubs. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he'll be an all-star level player, but he could be a really solid piece for this team, a really good piece for this team, especially when paired with Jan Gomes next year. Um, You know, that, that catching tandem could be sneaky, like one of the more underrated spots for the Cubs that really helped them succeed next season. Yeah. Um, And then we'll see with some of these prospects, these other prospects like Pico Armstrong, who knows if he starts the season on the opening day roster or not, but I do feel like he will be, or he, uh, the Cubs will expect him to be a big contributor yeah. in 2024, whether he starts the season or not on the team. Um, you know, Canario, we'll see what happens with him. But Jordan Wicks is up and should still be up to start the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at um, you know, Ben Brown. We'll see what happens with Ben Brown. He he's he should have he the expectation was he would have made his debut last season. Obviously, didn't injuries and a little ineffectiveness kind of kept him from that. But yeah. um, I think we're expecting him again to make his debut at some like probably earlier than later or sooner rather than later uh in 2024 but then you have kate horton who's a possibility that maybe matt shaw like who really knows but there's a lot of names there that you're you're kind of they may not be your breakout stars of 2024 but could put themselves on the potential list for the next season when we mm. do this again a year from now i made another one um and I put PCA, Wicks, oh. and Canaro on it. Mm. So well, that's a nice little tease because we're going to talk about prospects here in the final 10 minutes. Let's after see what I do people's opinion is. All right. Uh, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles, guys. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, Cody. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Well, Ryan, what should business owners do? Well, business owners should go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to ComEd.com slash clean. Sorry, I was reading the chat. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yeah, go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. I also got to tell you about our friends at Empire. Oh, I love our friends at Empire. Friends at Empire. With Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, 
service, speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that you wouldn't put in theirs. Um, they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. They got a virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday. Flooring is all Empire Today does. They live and breathe flooring. So you can be confident you're getting honest, upfront advice. They pride themselves on their convenient shop-at-home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so you can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their home's lighting and decor so they can make an informed decision. Uh, they service their own warranties. If an issue does arise, just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. $350? $350. That's crazy. I know, I know Godfather, he let us know that he used it. Used there you code go. CHGO, got $350 off. Be Credit like to- the Godfather. Yes. Maybe not necessarily so <laughs> negative, but be like him and use Empire. Yeah. Um, I would like to say also, Barb says that the this black box on our set looks like a Dodgers box. It's not. It's it what you get says, when you become a diehard, bro. Uh, diehard. Die you get a hard, t-shirt and all hard. that stuff. And I'm giving free ads. 20% here. off of events. Ask, yeah. Access to our Discord, our right. CHGO Lounge. Oh, yeah. Where all our favorite Cubs fans are, mm. are in there talking every day. For sure. They're definitely there. They're definitely there. I promise <laughs> you. Um, so, I'm just letting you know, Barb, that that's what you get whenever you become a diehard. Go to allchgo.com and become one today. Uh, so like we were, we kind of teased that the, the best way I could Luke Stuckmeyer style, uh, last week, uh, the guys over at just, ba- just baseball, which I don't know about any, I don't know about you, Ryan, but they're some of my favorite baseball, like people out there. Um, they're very knowledgeable about the entire league, whether it's the ma- like the majors or, um, you know, prospects. I, last night I was laying in bed watching this YouTube video on my new 55 inch flat screen um, of the guys from just baseball talking about the top 15 prospects for the Cubs. And I'm, I was interested because I always like to get a take from people who aren't just Cubs prospect guys. Like I love Greg Huss. I love Greg Zumack. I love Brian Smith. They're all very, very smart and know what they're talking about when it comes to Cubs prospects. But it's also nice to get an insight from people who are following the prospects all across the league. Yeah. Not just Cubs. And they, these guys love the Cubs farm system, all right? Um, so I figured we could talk about today because uh, I think it came out like Thursday last week. Um, so me and Luke and Kevin didn't get a chance to talk about it. I mean, Stucky Claus, whatever. Um, yeah, I heard it got uh, a little off the rails here on, was it Thursday? <laughs> oh, it was one of the greatest shows we've ever no had. I had no clue what they were even talking about, honestly, the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, like I, I, I have no crap. idea what happened. All I know is that I ended up wearing our FOCO Cubs overalls. Yeah, there and, was no rundown. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and Luke was dressed like Stucky Claus once again. So um, I guess we could just go through their top 15 that they gave for the Cubs. 
Um, starts with PCA, number one overall, which isn't necessarily a surprise. Kate Horton, number two. I thought Owen Casey at number three was a little bit of a surprise, uh, but they, they're they very high on o- Owen Casey. Uh, Matt Shaw, number four. Uh, Kevin Alcantara, number five. Uh, Jefferson Rojas at number six. That's an interesting one because they're a little bit higher on Jefferson. Like uh, mm-hmm. I, I look at um, MLB Pipeline, they're top 30 Cubs. Rojas is number 11, so it's still relatively high, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess just baseball is a little bit higher on, on what Jefferson Rojas has to offer. Yeah. Uh, Moises Ballesteros, number seven. Uh, James Toronto's number eight. And then Jordan Wicks, number nine. He hasn't technically graduated yet, uh, but it says a lot when Jordan Wicks is number nine and we've already seen him have success at the major league level, right? Uh, Jackson Ferris, number 10. Number 11, Ben Brown. Number 12, Alexander Canario. Number 13, B.J. Murray, who was in the Futures game this past year, I believe. Uh, Number 14, Michael Arias. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, number 15, Luis Vasquez. They had other. They, they had like an honorable mention. They mentioned uh, Brennan Davis, Christian Franklin, Drew Gray, Christian Hernandez, Luke Little, who we saw at the major league level this year, uh, Hayden McGeary, Pedro Ramirez, Josh Rivera, who they drafted by this in the last draft, like I think second or third round. Um, Jackson Wiggins, also a high pick in in this year's draft. And then Dernich, Dernich Valdez, I believe is how you say his name. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. Um, those are all like the, you know, honorable mentions, I guess. But I, I encourage, after you watch the show, I encourage you guys to go watch. They, they did an hour and a half talking about their top 15 and why for the Cubs prospects. And, um, it was very in depth and I, and in some aspects, I kind of learned a lot in terms of when I should expect certain guys like they love Kevin Alcantara. They think that his ceiling is so high, but he also like the way they were explaining him, it was kind of like Javi Baez in some aspects to where like he has, he, he has some really good highs, but man, he has some lows and he's got to work on getting the ball up a little bit more. His ground ball rate was a little too, was too high for the type of player that he could be, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. And so, Related to the top 15 in general, it is interesting, just like you mentioned with Rojas at number six, Ben Brown at number 11. Number 11 versus who, number five, I think, on, on Pipeline. Right. Number five. Right. And, you know, Canario at number 12. I mean, multiple guys here who have made major league debuts that are lower than... Wicks is number nine. Yeah, like lower than guys who haven't even made their major league debut yet. So, and to me, the biggest thing that I got from them whenever I was listening to them is I think it was Jack McMullen. 
he like when they, that video started, he said, whether the Cubs spend are big spenders or not, I love the Cubs going into 2024. And again, I'm not saying they even <laughs> said this too. Like I like they should spend and they should do this and that, but they have a lot of talent coming that it's going to make this team better. So um, put all the, the, the complaints about front office and everything aside, there's a lot to be excited about with this farm system. I think we all know that. I just wanted to go through this a little bit just because one, it is exciting because three, four years ago, we we're like, man, this farm system stinks. Like this yeah. was a reason. This was a major reason why they traded Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Craig Kimbrell, because the farm system was so bad. They've got it to a point to where they are a top three farm system in all baseball. And I see a lot of these guys on this list that could make huge impacts for the Cubs in 2024 and beyond. Yeah. As Gary points out, yes, pipeline has not been updated. Um, this, these are the midseason rankings, so mm. they will look differently in spring training. Thank you, Gary, for <laughs> correctly pointing that out. Um, credit to you for giving Gary credit. Yeah, you both of us gave Gary credit today. This is the first credit to us. Uh, <laughs> no, I understand that, Gary. Don't worry. But like these, the, just going off their midseason rankings, um, you know, guys that they thought highly of, obviously, just baseball mm-hmm. does it now, or even vice versa, that they think a little bit higher of guys than Pipeline did a few months ago. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll see. You know, Pipeline's going to have their stuff. Baseball America will have their stuff. Like there, there's going to be a lot of different lists that come out, whether it's some of these, these um, you know, media outlets that everyone knows or even, you know, our guys at Northside Bound that mm-hmm. do their own ranking and stuff like that. Like, there will be a lot of different rankings out there. What I can tell you is that the way the Cubs farm system looks across baseball, the baseball world, mm-hmm. As you've pointed out, the base, the farm system is, from the outside, it looks to be as healthy as it's been in a long, long time. Not just us saying that, not just people that, that follow the Cubs say that. Like, this is national peep, national reporters, national um, analysts, the, the prospect gurus nationally, whatever. They look at the Cubs farm system as one of the best in baseball. Mm-hmm. That is obviously a good thing. And not all these guys that are on these lists are going to be Cubs. They mm-hmm. they. they if the Cubs do their jobs the right way, some of these guys will be dealt for guys that can help at the major league level in areas where, you know, obviously the Cubs, like they have a lot of good outfield prospects, right? Mm-hmm. Not all of them are going to are gonna debut in the Cubs and be outfielders for them, but maybe a few of them can help the Cubs get players that can help their major league team in areas where they're not as, uh, the depth is not as good, right? Mm-hmm. So not all these guys in the top 15, whether it's just baseball or MLB Pipeline's top 30, whatever it is, not all those guys are going to be Cubs in the future, but to have enough guys where you look at it and it's like the Cubs will be fine even if they do deal away some of these guys, that is a great spot for them to be in. The national people look at the Cubs as having one of the best farm systems in baseball. Yes, the Cubs should still spend money, add to the major league roster this offseason. They have to, obviously. They need to fill out the roster. But um, when you look at where they're at in this rebuild, at least for the farm system-wise, they are in a very healthy spot. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, these top 15 or whoever you're looking at, how they, you know, their, their development continues in 2024. Yeah. I will say this, and I know we got to get out of here, but one, some of the things that I took away from their conversation they had, uh, Luis Vasquez, who's ranked, they ranked number 15. They believe that he could be, like, on the, like, part of the Cubs bench, in 2024 
not necessarily opening day, but at some point. Obviously, he played really – like, last year was his breakout in Iowa. But his defense they, – they described his defense as, you know, like a wizard, right? Uh, so – the thing is, is he's a shortstop, so and Dansby Swanson is there. So I think that it could be very valuable to have a guy like him on the bench to be able to come in. And we talked a lot last year about how guys like Swanson and Horner barely took any days off. I think that could be beneficial to for a long season for a guy like that to be able to come in and at least give you a defense. We'll see if he can hit. I think that there's potential to hit, but he definitely showed that he can play defense. So I'm intrigued a lot, like as an under as a underrated guy that no one really talks a lot about in the Cubs system. Everyone's talking about PCA. Everyone's talking about Kate Horton. Those guys, a guy like Luis Vasquez, I think could be very valuable. And I, the reason that I love it is because in years past when the system wasn't very good, they would have to go out and sign some like mm-hmm. veteran or whatever, and then hope that he, you know does this or that. And there were multiple, multiple instances where that didn't happen. Daniel Descalso is the perfect example. He was a veteran way past like whatever you would call his prime. But if you have your own guy that's making, you know, you know, the minimal money, minimum money, like there's value in that. And if he, you know, actually becomes a major contributor in some form of fashion, you're not only increasing the potential trade value, but you're also just getting really good value off your bench. Well, and that's especially true on the pitching side, because that was where they spent a lot of money trying to plug holes. Right. And, you know, didn't always work out. Mm -hmm. And that's because they weren't developing their own pitchers. And if if they can do that this time around, that, you know, and and then continue to obviously replenish the farm system or, or keep bringing up guys on cheaper deals, guys making their debuts, whatever, um, to just supplement the roster, that's when you look at it and you're like, okay, they have a lot of money. They can go out and get some of these top, top guys because they're doing a good job of developing the supplemental guys, the guys, mm-hmm. that, the guys that fill out the roster, that help out, that maybe, um, you know, the the guys that come up and relieve and then get optioned down, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if they can do that at a great level, then you're talking about you're not having to spend all this money to fill out the roster. You can allocate a lot more of that to top tier players if, if that's the route they chose they choose but right. that's what i'm saying like just having the farm system in the position it is now makes that more the possibilities for that are higher mm-hmm. because you have all these really good prospects that get talked about in, in a great light nationally that oh these guys may actually be the guys that are those roster fillers that um you know supplement the roster do well on cheap deals on on, on uh, you know little money where you can take the rest of that money and, and use it to sign some of these top guys. Like that's the way, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the Dodgers do that a lot. The Braves do that, but the Braves also sign guys to like what feel like below market deals or extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Dodgers do that all the time. They, they spend a lot of money, but they have guys that fill out the rest of the roster guys that are coming up through the system. That's the level the Cubs are trying to get to. And at least on the farm system side, it looks like they're getting to that level. And then we'll see where the, where everything goes from there. For sure. All right. Well, uh, sorry if this was not like therapy to you guys and just reminded you about how the Cubs haven't spent so far. We're trying to be optimistic here. At least I am. Um, It's another day. The Cubs didn't do anything. Hopefully they do something and we will be here when they do do something uh, between now and 120 tomorrow afternoon. So, um, again, uh, I'm really excited about what's coming up on the farm now the Cubs need to 
fill some of these other holes that ne might necessarily the farm might not be able to right away if they plan on being at least in the division race yeah. and they like right now i would say the ro where the roster is and this putting it nicely i would say they're a 75 win team right now and that again i think that's putting it nicely um obviously they could exceed that if some guys break out like we talked in today's show uh but obviously there's work to be done and i still think that those things will be done so yeah. we just continue to wait and it sucks so um, that's that's the baseball offseason for it. Yeah, they need to. They may the, the MLB needs to fix the baseball offseason instead of implementing new rules like oh, 18 seconds in 20, instead of twenty in between pitches on the pitch on the pitch clock or whatever it was last week. How about can we find a way to speed up the offseason? Can we can we get some excitement? You know what I mean? There you go. Um, all right. So again, we will be back tomorrow at one twenty. Uh, to talk about something. I don't know what yet, but we will talk about something. And if something big happens, as Barb asks, if something big happens, we will be, we here. Will be here. We will be here. Live to talk about it. Live. We will definitely be here live. Um, all right. Thanks for checking out the CHO Cups podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Y'all silly like the mayor.